Welcome to the Life 21 Church Podcast. Thanks for joining with us today as we explore the Gospel of Matthew. We pray that as you listen, you would come to more fully understand the answer to this age-old question, who is this Jesus? Have you ever felt like your life was on repeat? Like you've gone again to the same struggles, the same conversations, the same day-to-day habits? Jesus' life was often on repeat. He often was led by his Father to teach similar things again and again until people got it. He continually did similar miracles on repeat, and here today is one of those An incredible miracle, a miraculous provision of physical bread, and it's the second time that we see it. Just a couple chapters earlier, one chapter to be precise, Jesus had done the same thing, and here he's at it again. This is Matthew 15, verses 29 through 39. Jesus feeds the 4,000. Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And they laid them at his feet, and he healed them. Jesus loved the mountainside. He loved going up to see his Father in the Spirit, to see the physical vantage point, the physical horizon that you could see better from the mountaintop. Jesus, much like my wife, who is from Colorado, I'm sure loved the ascent to the hill, the vision out and seeing the clear skies. The mountains in this area, of course, were much smaller than Colorado, much more like hills. But even though they weren't that high, they provided the perfect platform by which to speak. The orders of that time would use the mountainside as a means to project their voice without microphones. And oh, how Jesus wanted his Father's voice to echo down the valley into the hearts of many. Verse 30 said that the great crowds, great crowds came to him. He was always inviting people into himself, his Father, and him and his Father's relationship. Jesus, we know from earlier in the gospel, would go up into the mountainside, sometimes spending the whole night there, and he would be seeking his father. The mountainside became the place where many would come to him and to his father to receive the overflow of him and his father's relationship. The lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. Endless physical ailments. Much like today in our modern hospitals, so many limitless physical ailments, but they laid them all at his feet and he healed them. He healed them. This Jesus who lived for the Father's glory and would visit with him on the mountainside, I'm sure loved this moment. Let's see the people's response and how this, I'm sure, captured the heart of Christ In verse 31, it says, The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, and the blind seen, and they praised the God of Israel. That was Jesus' joy. That's what he did on the mountaintop. 
The scripture, the gospels reveals Jesus as a son enjoying praising his father, praising the God of Israel. And just as he had done so many times on the mountain, on the mountainside, so as he poured out the power, the provision, and the grace that the Father had shared with him, I'm sure his heart was so delighting as these benefactors, these recipients of his grace, joined with him in praising his God, the God of Israel. Jesus then, in verse 32, Jesus called his disciples to him, And said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. If you haven't eaten for that long, for three days, Jesus is right. You can be so hungry and so tired. And if you're walking in a hot Israel summer day, you might collapse on the way. Jesus is so compassionate, so practical He doesn't just presume upon the Father that miraculous provision is going to happen. He recognizes their physical limitations, and he says, let's take care of those as well. His disciples answered, verse 33 here, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? Such a horrible question, and such a great question. A great question if they're considering and drawing from their personal experience. In their personal experience, they have only experienced God working through the natural process that God himself established of giving seed, giving the harvest, giving men and women the ability to take harvest and to turn it into bread at a certain rate, a certain time, and certain process that doesn't just happen in a moment. And drawing from those experiences, the disciples look out through the lens of their personal experience and history, and without faith in that moment, they do not see another option. Where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? It's a good question based on their past experience, except it's a horrible question based on the past testimony of God. The nation of Israel was given such a beautiful story so many times that God provided in a miraculous way. One of them was 40 years in which thousands, even supposedly a million plus people, were fed from bread that physically would come down from heaven on a daily basis for 40 years. The Jews knew this story so well. That's where they had came from. That was the testimony they celebrated. Not only that, these disciples, just one chapter earlier, not many days, weeks, months before, had they just experienced Jesus multiplying to feed the 5,000. The prayer prompt for today is, Jesus, what did you think when the disciples questioned your ability to feed the people? I encourage you to pause now or to ask Jesus that question at the end. I wonder what the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords felt in this moment when his disciples answer him, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? You know, Jesus gets very similar questions all the time. In my own life, and I'm sure in your life, we often ask him, God, how am I going to get enough energy to complete this task? 
How am I going to get enough wisdom to know how to deal with this relational thing? How am I going to have enough finances to cover this, this, and this? How am I going to have enough confidence to step into this opportunity? There are so many times where we forget the past history of the 6,000 plus year old experience of people on earth experiencing God's provision. Not only that, for many of us, days, weeks, and months before our current situation, we've experienced God coming through just as he's about to do again. If you find yourself on repeat doubt, be encouraged. God's grace is so present. He loves these disciples. And though they're confused and are looking all around in the natural world thinking, wow, there's no way we're going to feed these crowds, Jesus says to them in verse 34, how many loaves do you have? How many loaves do you have? He's reminding them through the question of what he invited them into last time. Not just raining down bread from heaven through his prayers, but actively inviting the disciples into the miracle. Not just to see it close up, but to be the vehicle of God through which it could come. Oh, be encouraged. Be encouraged, those that are listening here. When we bring to God even our doubt, God brings to us continual opportunities for us to be his conduit for the miraculous. They reply to him seven and a few small fish. It's even more than they had last time. Last time they had five. They had more this time, seven and a few small fish, but clearly not enough. Verse 35, Jesus told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples and they in turn to the people. This is similar or mirroring what Jesus was going to do at the Last Supper. It's a prototype or a foreshadowing of how Jesus was going to die and was going to multiply the bread of himself through communion, through that holy sacrament where he shares with us through physical items his personhood and his presence in a limitless way. Jesus, of course, was localized in one human body, but throughout all the world today, there's a receiving of his infinite presence, his spirit. There's a receiving of his infinite body and blood as we assemble. There is a receiving of him as he is our infinite one, just like the Father is our infinite one. Here, that focus is on the loaves and the fishes, the physical means to keep the people healthy and not fainting on their journey. And the disciples got the experience of handing it out. Verse 37 says, They all ate and were satisfied. This is one of the deepest things in the heart of God. And one of the things that the enemy hates to have taught is that God is after you to satisfy you completely. Now, in a fallen world, does he, of course, teach us of how to suffer dissatisfaction? Absolutely. Does he invite us to take up our cross, which doesn't satisfy and is quite painful and difficult? Absolutely. 
But all of that is unto the deepest places in our heart being satisfied in relationship to him and obedience to him and ultimately in complete satisfaction once his will is no longer resisted. So may you know to the depth of your being that his will for you is ultimately and always satisfaction. And if you are passing through any dissatisfaction, may your soul be touched by his presence, his encouragement, and his love. May you see satisfaction is on the way because it's who he is. They all ate and they were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 besides women and children. After Jesus had sent the crowd away, he got into the boat and went to the vicinity of Megadon. Jesus is so faithful. He's so good. And his provision, his aim to satisfy us is always unto leaving extra and excess that we could give away. What do you do when you're 12 disciples, or maybe it was more than the 12, but what do you do when your disciples have been fully fed and the crowds have been fully fed and everyone's satisfied? What do you do with the remaining bread? You can save some of it for later, but bread has an expiration date. In the same way as God fills us and satisfies us, some of that satisfaction is for tomorrow But as we see in the Old Testament, the daily manna goes bad tomorrow. It's to share with others as you go. So think of the joy, these seven baskets, being the seven carriers of the overflow to feed and nourish those along the way. May you today be filled with satisfaction and may you carry the baskets of overflow to feed the multitudes that still remain outside of the encounter outside of having been there for the miracle that you got, go and share and be the miraculous provision today for those that God gives to you. Thanks for joining with us today. May God continue to reveal to you by his spirit who indeed is this Jesus.